Welcome to Between the Lines, Pastor Peter here. Hey, before I go on, I want to let you know, I know the sound quality is not as good as it could be. It's very inconsistent. If you just bear with me, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to talk to people who are smarter than me about this, which is almost anyone. Uh, So bear with me. I know that when I say things that begin with the letter P, it doesn't sound awesome. Uh, So I probably need a pop filter, uh, but I also think that there's some adjustments that can be made to some of the recording levels. So bear with me as I learn about this stuff. Anyway, uh, what I want to do is do a little bit of a Sunday recap, uh, both on a personal and a pastoral level. So uh, personally, so I show up to church uh, on Sunday morning, sometime between 8 and 8.30, Usually, our uh, logistics team has gotten there at about 8 o'clock, a little before, and they do a phenomenal job uh, setting up and tearing down. Uh, They also seem to enjoy it. Uh, They have great fellowship together. Uh, We give them a hot, we have another team called Breakfast Club that brings in a hot breakfast for them each and every week. And it's, uh, they're they're just great to be around and they do a phenomenal job. My son Justin serves on it on a rotation every once in a while. Um, And I used to do a lot more of it, but there are people who do it way better than me. I'm not above it, uh, but they are way above me. Uh, in doing it, and I usually just get in the way or hurt myself or break something, so uh, they kind of politely ask me to not participate on the logistics team. But in any event, um, uh, so I show up and find out that there's just a host of things that have gone wrong, and that's typical in a portable church. I get it. It's typical with a church that sets up each and every week, but I'm telling you this week was fairly unique, that we've never had a time, I think since 2013, where this many things had just gone wrong and how things just took more time. And it was all circumstances that were way beyond our control, having to do with an event that took place the night before. I won't get into the details, but I just want to highlight the attitude with which this incident was reported to me um, by the logistics team just reflected so much the heart of Christ. I don't think I would have had that same attitude. I mean, you know what? I shouldn't say that. Maybe the Lord would have given me grace to help in that my time of need. And since I didn't need it at the time, I didn't have it. They certainly did, folks. They just, I just, Mark 10.45, we're reminded that Jesus uh, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. They just embodied that. I mean, they just, uh, the, 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 the smiles on their faces, the willingness they had to go the extra mile, the extra hundred miles, um, seriously, uh, if you knew what they had to do, uh, you'd be baffled. It was just so encouraging to me. I'm constantly uh, reminded of Christ, encouraged by them, informed, instructed, corrected by them as I spend uh, what little time I get to spend with the logistics team and see them serving. So uh, shout out to John and Stacy Wingfield who run that team. John's one of our deacons. Uh, the joy with which they serve and the, the uh, example that they set for other people is, uh, is tremendous. And I'm just so grateful as a pastor to have them on the team. And uh, that goes for all of our serve teams, but they're specifically on my heart this particular week because of the uh, trouble that they faced uh, earlier. After church, uh, Justin, my oldest son, uh, we Justin and I went down to Great American Ballpark. One of my favorite things about pastoring in Campbell County is uh, how close uh, we are to the ballpark and how easy it is for us to catch a ball game during baseball season. So it um, used to be a lot easier when we were in Newport, right? We could just leave and literally walk over the bridge right out the backyard of our church when we were meeting in the movie theaters on the levee. Um, but it's still close. We drive into Newport. We walk across the bridge. Uh, we find some tickets, we get into the ball game, and we just had a great time. Even though the Reds are particularly hard to watch, uh, I don't need to go on about that, um, but I'll tell you this much, the Reds were taking on the Cubs, um, and there were way more, no, no, folks, I mean way more Cubs fans in that stadium than Reds fans. You should have heard the cheers anytime the Cubs did anything remotely positive 
far outweighed whatever noise Reds fans could have made. I mean, you would have thought you were sitting in Wrigley Field, folks. It was uh, it was tremendous. But anyway, even though the Reds are hard to watch, we are not fair-weather fans. We love the Reds, and we love the game of baseball, even if our home team is losing. So it's a lot more fun to watch them win, uh, but we still had a good time nonetheless. My son got on the screen not once but twice. You might have seen me post that on Instagram. I don't know what it is with this kid. He's just like a magnet for that type of thing. I've never, all the baseball games I've ever been to, I've never been on the screen. I've never I've never had caught a foul ball or uh, had a ball tossed to me ever. I'm not even kidding when I say that my oldest son has over a dozen. Like, it's kind of his thing. Like, he's he's just a magnet for this stuff. I hope, uh, I hope this is indicative of grace that will follow him all of his days for things that are far more important, but... Uh, suffice it to say, the kids got it down, and um, we had a good time. So that was that was a blast, and uh, yeah, I was thankful to be there. But earlier in the day at church, we uh, kicked off a new sermon series in the book of Proverbs, and we're going to be spending the entire summer. Seriously, folks, we're going to be in Proverbs through the summer, straight through Labor Day. Um, and Pastor Brad kicked it off uh, preaching out of Proverbs 1 and uh, gave us some really helpful reminders. I can't recap the whole sermon, but really helpful reminders in the beginning about Proverbs, that it's a book of poetry, uh, that these are not money-back guarantees. Love how he worded that, not money-back guarantees. We can't approach any part of Scripture, but especially the book of Proverbs. You might be tempted to approach it uh, as if these are formulaic equations, that if you push this button, you get this piece of candy. Uh, God's not a vending machine. The Bible's not a vending machine. Proverbs is not a vending machine. These are general axioms, generally accepted truths that should be applied to our lives, but don't look at them as money-back guarantees. That's not what they're intended for. Um, and uh, towards the end of the sermon, Pastor Brad ended on a note that I actually think was most important because as I thought about this sermon series, obviously me seeing it coming down the pike, I thought, what's going to separate this sermon series from just uh, perhaps it being a Grace Fellowship version of your best life now, right? Like we're looking at uh, the Word of God. We're looking to glean wisdom from a, a book that gives us a lot of it, right? Proverbs is written for that purpose. It says that right from the get-go. Um how is this not just us preaching your best life now? It's just a Grace Fellowship version. Like, oh, well, if you do these things, you'll live in wisdom and not in foolishness, and then you'll have a happier life. I think it has to do with how you approach it, and I think it's very impor- important that you approach it with Christ at the center. And uh, Pastor Brad ended by reading from 1 Corinthians 1, uh, and uh, verse 24 says, um, uh, But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. And we need to remember that when it comes to wisdom, wisdom that comes from above, we must, first of all, have a desire for it and ask God for it. Um, We remember James uh, 1 and verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Um, And we're supposed to ask in faith. That's what it says in the very next verse. So we're not the wisdom that we're going to get out of the book of Proverbs is not just a how-to manual. Uh, We're not going to get wisdom unless we ask in faith. We have to have the gift of faith and faith in God's Word, and faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in order to get any wisdom. Um, We know that true wisdom comes from God himself. Um, We're reminded uh, in verses like uh, 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 24 that Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ himself is the embodiment of all wisdom. Uh, We think later in 1 Corinthians uh, 1 and verse 30, and because of him you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, 
and sanctification and redemption. Very next chapter, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16, for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So we're being reminded that any wisdom, any knowledge that we receive uh, from above is literally from Jesus Christ himself. Um, to, to, to have that knowledge is to have understanding of information about something, to have the wisdom that we have come straight from the Lord himself, and that it starts with the fear of the Lord, right? We're told that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction, Proverbs 1 and verse 7. To have the fear of the Lord is to have a, a love for God, a respect for God, a, a trust in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, so those who love God's wisdom, we show it in how we love Christ because we realize that he is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And you might say, okay, that's uh, lots of great fun facts, um, but what does that really have to do with me? Well, I'll say this as we close. Motives matter. Uh, the reason for which you come to the word of God um, matters. And if you're just thinking, well, I'm a Christian and this is our book, and so we read the book, and that's what we're supposed to do. Friends, you're missing out. Uh, you need to realize uh, what we're reminded of in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, that Jesus Christ, uh, we're told, is the Word made flesh. That when you approach the Word of God, you're not approaching a book, you're approaching Jesus Christ himself. We're listening to Christ. That's what makes the Word of God living and active. It's because Jesus Christ has risen from the grave, is seated at the right hand of God, and he himself is living and active. It's not that the Bible is going to dance its way off the shelf. It's that Jesus Christ is the Word, the Word made flesh that dwelled among us, and he is alive. So we are hearing from him, uh, very God himself, as we read the Word of God and even as we read Proverbs. doesn't matter if Proverbs was written eons before Jesus Christ uh, came to the world in the flesh, we are reading Jesus Christ. So come to the Word of God whenever you do, uh, acknowledging Jesus Christ, wanting to hear from Him, and understanding that Jesus Christ Himself, as I said before, is the embodiment of all wisdom. So I hope as we spend this time in the book of Proverbs that we do so with Jesus Christ at the center of our minds and our hearts, because that is a much better way, a much deeper way, a way that is so much more rich to approach the Scriptures than simply your best life now. Thank you.